Welcome to episode 39. Wow, 39 episodes. That's a lot. My name's Pauline, and I'm here with our other co-host, Rachel. Rachel, go off. Say something. Hello. (laughs) Say something, Valentina. Ally. (laughs) (laughs) That's me right now. Hi, everybody. I'm your other co-host, Rachel. You're here with us on Gen Z's Guide to Politics, and we are so excited to have you this week. I figured out that I think I will indeed like Bob's Burgers but I need to try to watch it because I think I'll like it I think you'll like it too I'm a stan of Bob's Burgers personally I like every Thanksgiving there's a really good Thanksgiving episode with a really good you're talking about you know which one I'm talking about if you know if you're if you're a millennial you probably know that's like a millennial thing to know that song it's one of the few episodes that I've seen um but I really like Gene I really like Gene Gene is like so funny oh my gosh I personally am a huge fan of Teddy I like Teddy the side character (laughs) yeah he's like I don't know Bob oh you know that one he's that one you know that guy who owns the Italian shop that everybody hates Jimmy Pesto yes oh my god Jimmy Pesto in real life is a Republican (laughs) no really no why does that make so much sense i saw somebody on tiktok going i knew we hated jimmy pesto like (laughs) i knew i smelled a conservative my dad i don't know if he still listens to the podcast but i know that he was like yeah we were listening to it over the summer and i was like you got a problem with any of my my like political views and he goes you're definitely a feminist (laughs) i love that I, I was like, it. he was like, definitely liberal. I know that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. And he went, yeah, but you got some good points. And you always back it up with facts. So I got to believe you. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Here on Gen Z's Guide to Politics, guidebook tip, back it up with facts. Yes. For that sure. Is- if you want. More fact-based news, more fact-based talk, tea, gossip, and you want more content from us, you can follow our TikTok or our Instagram. Both those handles are at Gen Z's Guide to Politics, all one big word. And yeah, that's where you'll see a bunch of our like funnier kind of short form content and also clips from the podcast that we'll start implementing in very soon possibly video format possibly probable expect it in like six months not now as gabby hannah said after she like she scammed people out of makeup brushes keep your expectations realistic (laughs) anywho so I saw recently she had another breakdown. Maybe we'll cover it. And she's insane. I wonder what um what kind of effects Gabby Hanna's insane not insanity. I shouldn't say that. What Gabby Hanna Gabby Gabby Hannity's what Gabby Hanna's chaos has. I wonder how it's affected our current political landscape. If it has at all, who knows? We will back it up with facts, like Pauline's dad says. Though that's the tea. So. But unfortunately, we're not here to talk about Gabby Hanna. We're not here to talk about Bob's Burgers. I could, though. We're here to talk about the current situation in Haiti and kind of like the history of Haiti and like just Haiti in general. Because I'm willing to bet a lot of you don't know about Haiti because I didn't know about a lot about Haiti until I started doing the research. 
I feel like there was a time around like 2008 and 2009 when we started to hear a lot about Haiti or maybe it was even a little earlier than that but there was a lot of really big hurricanes happening to the point where it was getting news coverage in America and then a really huge natural disaster um, hit during that sort of time period so I remember hearing a lot about it like when I was in school because it would be on like on the news before school I should say and we would talk about it sometimes in school so yeah I remember the first time that I ever heard about Haiti and I remember hearing about the violence against women and I was probably I mean I want to say I was like 11 I don't think I was that old oh editing Rachel um uh content warning quick content warning for this episode um we're going to be talking about you know the natural disasters that have happened in a country so if you have any anxiety about that trauma related to that this might not be the episode for you but above that we're also going to be talking about um, crimes that are violent against women and subjects around that that sort of topic so Yes, Pauline, do you have any context to add additionally? Um, We will definitely be talking about violence against women, violence against children, and violence against the elderly. So just kind of keep all those things in mind as you continue to listen on. This is kind of a hard episode, but it is an important historical episode. Mm-hmm. And the historical context is important to the today context. So, yes, that being said, here's yeah. the content warning We'll jump back in. Editing Rachel, this is the end of the content warning. Here we are. So I have kind of labeled today's episode out into like a f- into like pretty much two parts: the history of Haiti while it was being colonized, and then the history of Haiti after its independence, and then kind of into like the today context. So I'm going to start with the history of Haiti. So before Haiti was ever colonized, the um, the Arawaks. I hope I said that right, um, lived there. They were the indigenous people of that time. And then in 1492, can you guess who strolled upon their little island and called it something it wasn't called? It was Christopher Columbus. He arrived and he named the island Hispaniola. Columbus built a fort and left a total of 39 men there and then left the island. And he began to colonize in other places, as he often did, and then skadoodled. Um, he returned in 1493 to find that the natives, or the indigenous people, had killed all of them. A hundred years after the white man came, they were almost completely wiped out by disease and war, which is incredibly sad. During that time, the Spanish had laid claim to the island, but specifically the east. So the east of the island, which is kind of where Haiti is now, and the west is kind of like the current Dominican Republic. Then in the 17th century, the French settled in the West. Then in 1697, the Spanish and the French made amends because there was kind of some fighting and some arguing going on. By signing the Treaty of Ryswick, they named the part that will eventually become Haiti Saint-Domingue. 
There's a, there's a lot of context here. In the 18th century, Haiti had lots of money. Like they were they were kind of rich from exporting several different products like, you know, sugar, other things that you can export. Um, however, like many colonized places, the success of the colony was completely dependent on slavery. Many of the people there were black. By the end of the 18th century, over 500,000 people on the island were black slaves. The slaves that were there outnumbered the citizens, which was actually very similar to America. And then on August 14th, 1791, the slaves rose up and they started a rebellion, which was a complete devastation to Haiti. It was terrible. The war eventually ended in 1794 because the French ended slavery. The island became independent on January 1st of 1804 and then was then later renamed Haiti. So as we can see, like from this, you know, this sort of historical context already, this like piece of land has gone through so many changes, so many like upheavals. Yeah, just like people coming in and like bringing in disease, bringing in different like things into the environment that are going to disrupt it in, you know, so many different ways. Obviously, that has a really devastating effect on any sort of population that lives there, you know, any any living population. So, yeah, that is definitely important historical context. So after Haiti gained their independence, at this time, their leader was a former slave that went by the name Jean-Jacques Dessalines, who was assassinated in 1806. Um, Then the island was recaptured by the Spanish in 1809, or rather the part of the island that is now the Dominican Republic. The two separated in 1844, and then there was the Dominican Republic and Haiti. Many countries took an incredibly long time to recognize Haiti as a country. Same with if anybody has taken a regular like American history course. You know that like several countries didn't want to recognize America as like a country for like, I don't know, maybe like 10 years, but it's way worse because these are people of color and they were slaves and then they rose up. So, yeah. So the French even had the audacity to request the money they lost from Haiti by becoming a colony, which was the money was then given to the French completely by 1887. So essentially the French were like, because slaves had a rebellion, we lost a whole bunch of money. So now your country, if you want to stay free, has to give us money as compensation. That doesn't uh, sound right to me. Yeah. So the president at the time was President Boyard, who was overthrown in 1843, which once again caused the country to get thrown back into turmoil all the way until 1911. Within this time, Haiti had 16 different like interim rulers, uh, 11 of which were overthrown because of revolutions, which is terrible. So can I ask a question? Yeah. Just for context. During this time, so all these different revolutions that were happening, were they like ever like similar schools of thought or was it just like these kind of constantly evolving, very radically different from what my understanding was a lot of the overthrowings were just like there there were lots of like gangs and stuff in haiti like even at this time they weren't exactly gangs at that time but it was more or less just like like the people were just mad there was just like there was just chaos like there wasn't really like a good definition what exactly was happening because of so much was happening so there was like a lot of different groups kind of vying for power yeah but from what I was reading, that's what it seemed like, at least. Okay, interesting. Thank you. I was just, yeah, just just for curiosity and context. So thank you. 
And then in 1915, the U.S. thought it was a wonderful idea to send Marine troops to protect the American affairs in Haiti. And they left in 1934. So the U.S. was there for, I don't know, a little over 20 years protecting their businesses. And then a little after 1934, it would have been about 1946, the president at the time was overthrown by a coup and replaced by Demois Estimi, who was overthrown by the military in 1950, who was replaced with Paul Malajois who was made to resign, and then a whole bunch of presidents went into place, but none of them really stayed. So the same thing that kind of happened in 1911 happened again about 40 years later. Um, and then the people voted for Francois Duvalier, which was also known as Papa Doc in 1957. He was a brutal dictator who restricted the press, had a secret police known as the Ton Tond Mequets. He also like banned the trade unions in Haiti. And then he also rigged the elections in 1961. He changed the constitution of Haiti. He reelected himself. And then he said he was going to be president for life. And then in 1971, he changed the constitution and gave himself power to make his own successor. You've not only had a consistent, like, sort of like repetitive upheaval of, of like different forms of power happening throughout your country. But then on top of it, like after this, you have like a brutal dictator coming in and just like really taking control and like limiting the inside and outside influence of different things. Like it's wow. It just wasn't a good time to be in Haiti. I mean, I don't think there ever really was a good time to be in Haiti, which is really sad because it's rich in culture. And the people are wonderful. Every country has history because that's just the way it works. And that's we have to accept that. We have to accept that like every country is going to have things that have happened there that, you know, are not good or that have left bad vibes and bad energy. But that being said, that doesn't take away from the fact that like there are so many individual beautiful people and beautiful souls like living there and creating like harmony and kindness and cultivating like strong community environments for the people living there that make that make life worth living and that make like culture like that is different and unique from the rest of the world where they are and I think that's like an awesome thing that we can't discount no matter what so yeah culture can be beautiful in a place and bad things still be happening and that's okay yeah yeah so then when he said that he could name his own successor, 1971, he also died that year. And then his son, Jean-Claude Duvalier, became president, also known as Baby Doc. Get it? Papa Doc, Baby Doc. He was apparently just as terrible. Uh, many people fled to Florida because of his reign, as well as Louisiana. And then 1984, Haiti went into an economic despair. Baby Doc was forced into exile in 1986 because he lost all his support. So nobody was supporting him anymore, which then caused the military to take over, meaning there was no democratic support. They felt pressure from the U.S. to become democratic again. So they had an election in 1990 and Father Jean Bertrand Arstead, I'm so sorry, was chosen. Um, he was forced to flee in 1991 when a coup was thrown against him. And again, the country was thrown into a military dictatorship. He eventually was welcomed back because of the pressure the military was feeling from other countries and his term officially ended in 1996, which Rene Prevel was elected, which created problems between him and Artiste, in which somehow Artiste was reelected, which no one wanted to accept him as the new president in 2004. So then 
Also in 2004, another rebellion broke out. In 2006, Prevail was re-elected. And then 2011, Michael Joseph Martelli was elected, in which just a year before, there was a devastating earthquake. Um, so that would have been in 2010. And then in 2017, Jovenel was sworn in as president. So there are some things that the UN will do. And in this case, the UN kind of helped try to fix Haiti because of how much turmoil was going on. So they found essentially like a president, which was moi, not like me, like literally his last name is moi. And they swore him in. And then he was assassinated in 2021. And his wife was also like hurt very badly in the process. That is so scary. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and, uh, you know, granted, the United Nations is a complex body for sure. But but I mean, I think overall, like I know people from school who have come in i've taken a tour of the united nations it's a really cool place but yeah haiti is a country that clearly has undergone a lot of nation building nation constructing efforts from colonial you know minded countries that are doing that in order to literally build a nation where they are so because of that, like nations like that or countries that go on to become independent after these endeavors have happened, they experience a kind of struggle that is very unique to that circumstance. And it requires so much assistance in the kind of society that we live in and the kind of like rules that we live in with like capitalism. It's just like it requires so much to get these countries back on their feet. And especially if that is like the goal for this country to be independent. And one of the reasons I know one of the biggest struggles that these nations face, like when nation building has occurred, is that people want so many different things, almost to the extent that they don't know what they want. So they a lot of times, like if they don't have like the U.S. like looming over them, they don't know what they want their nation to look like. It's a lot of trial and error. But the people don't want to deal with trial and error. They want the problems fixed then because they've had to go through so many problems. It is so much falling over and getting back up and falling over and getting back up. Well, additionally, like if you think about like, you know, there are people who are going to be sick, like sickness, illness, being old, like aging. That doesn't stop just because, you know, your country is experiencing a government like overthrow or an uprising. That does not stop. And so these situations like are in fact made worse by those things happening a lot of the time, right? So the situations get so dire that people are just going to be like acting on their survival instincts. Like, you know, what do you do? It's difficult to get out of the, the cycle. So now we're kind of up to like 2020, 2021 and 2022. Moi d- dissolved the parliament in 2020. So right now we're kind of in 2020, 2021 and 2022. He elected himself for another year. Literally no one wanted him to reelect himself. No one. So then when he was murdered or assassinated, many gangs started to try and seize power by raping, killing and kidnapping people. Several missionaries, which fuck missionaries, were kidnapped and they were held hostage for ransom. There was also a blockade of Haiti's main fuel port, which crippled the nation of not just fuel, but also food, water, other necessities. However, a gang leader that goes by the name Barbecue 
recently lifted the fuel blockade um, at the beginning of November, but it was the fuel blockade was happening for a few weeks or a few months. Hundreds of people are dying monthly because of all the violence. More than 4.7 million people are facing hunger on the island of Haiti. There is terrible sanitation because no one's fucking managing the sanitation. Nobody's managing the fucking sewers. Nobody's managing anything. There's very little drinking water. There is a cholera outbreak that is happening again. Over 2,600 people have contracted cholera. And gangs are raping women as young as 10 and elderly women in front of their families, as well as young boys. They are doing this to instill fear, pain, and to punish those. They will also use rape as a way to make families pay for ransom. So that's also like another thing that's happening. And a lot of people don't even have money on the island because they're like a lot of people can't work because it's not like a smooth economy. You get me? So right now, Haiti's in shambles. So one of the biggest conversations that's kind of going around around the world right now is, do we help? How can we help? Do we help? What do we do? How should we help? And yeah, the reason that we wanted to cover this like history and talking about it is because, first of all, it is important. And like that goes without saying, right? But also... In the UN, the United Nations, there's been a lot of news regarding conversations around Haiti and if the United States wants to deploy armed forces there or military there of some kind. And yeah, we haven't really heard about it in like mainstream news, but we got um, the first person to send it to us on TikTok actually was my friend Tolliver, who we've interviewed on this podcast here before go listen to that episode we talked about trans rights Tolliver. if you're listening i know you are thank you for sending this in but we heard it from a couple other folks on tiktok in our dms as well so we knew it was important to talk about so yeah that being said we're going to be likely to to be hearing more about it from the united nations and everything so we're going to be keeping our eyes on it and be trying to keep you guys as updated as possible if we can so yes yeah and it's also um i wanted to quickly so we're recording this about a week before we're releasing this episode just as like a quick little psa um and so like i wanted to look up anything about news that had kind of happened since um so it looks like like another journalist was killed in Haiti this year as of like recently like four hours ago recently and they are the eighth this year and a lot of the violence that's going on is the in the capital um called Port-au-Prince yeah so there's there's a lot of death and there's a lot of violence that's going on and we'll probably continue to cover it as more things happen yes I think that This covers most of Haiti's history and the news that we have for you prepared at this moment and everything. Pauline, do you have anything else to add? Um, No, not really, which, I mean, kind of sucks. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's all we really have on it. The best thing that we could have done at this moment is record, is recover, like, I'm not recover, but cover the the history of Haiti. Because a lot of people don't know why Haiti is the way Haiti is right now. And I think it also is important, yeah, to do some research on what colonization looks like, what what nation building is. We've talked about it a bit before on the podcast, but we haven't done like a full coverage episode on it. 
So that being said, we encourage you, obviously, to look into things and do your research about the whole world, places you're from, places your friends are from, places you see headlines about and you're not sure how accurate they may be. So, yeah, we always encourage that. But that being said, I think that we have covered all that we have for you on this episode. So I think we can close out and everything. We can cut the tape, right? Yes. Yeah. We at Gen Z's Guide to Politics, thank you so much for listening and for tuning in. We appreciate you coming to listen to us and we appreciate you doing learning and doing your civic duties. If you would like, you can follow our Instagram and our TikTok. We post fun stuff. You can hang out with us there. Those are both at Gen Z's Guide to Politics. So one more time. Pauline, what what closing message do you have for us? I'm curious. What's in your head right Um, now? Take care of yourself. And you should always do as much as possible to try and learn about history. And if you're like, you guys don't do anything, I'll have you know that every night before I go to bed, I watch a new episode of Crash Course Black American History until I run out. And then I will start learning about something new. But right now I'm learning about Black American History. Yes, that's like one great thing to do. I love that. I love that. With that being said, we thank you again and have a great weekend or a great day or a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.